Postmodern Art Podcast, the podcast dedicated to giving artists who are wowing the world over the platform they deserve. I am your host, Nathan Raglan, and boy, believe me when I tell you that we have one frightening good guest for this week. Today's guest is Martus Fatek, a motion capture actress and voice actress for incredible video games such as the most recent Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach, among others. In that game alone, she was the voice of Gregory, Vanny, and Roxanne Wolf. I mean, she had such a big role in that game, I didn't know if I could handle this episode by myself. So of course I had to bring along the wonderful producer Tipsy J Hearts to help make sure this podcast goes smoothly. And I'm pretty sure whether or not it was smooth, especially with how bad I butchered up the intro, it was still a wonderful interview, and I know you guys are going to enjoy it as much as I did. If you enjoy Marta's work, make sure you follow her in all the links that we'll have down below. If you enjoyed the podcast, make sure you like, share, subscribe, or follow whatever audio streaming platform you prefer. Um, and for each of those platforms, whatever you can give a positive rating to, please do. It always helps the podcast. If you want to go a little bit further with that support, I mean, I have a merch shop at pmap.creator-ring.com where you can wear some incredible designs such as the most recent retro style. If you want to go even one step further with that support, Maybe you should be a part of the Apocalypse Podcast Network Discord server, where you can hear more about this podcast and other outstanding ones in the network. In fact, let's hear about another tantalizing podcast in the Apocalypse Podcast Network. Art and entertainment inspire each of us in different ways. But have you ever wondered what inspires the people who create our cultural touchstones? I'm Adam Unz, and on the Spark Parade podcast, I geek out with artists and entertainers about their cultural spark of inspiration. Everything from Shakespeare to South Park. You'll hear from artists like Connor Oberst on Northern Exposure, Roisin Murphy on Terrence Conran's The House Book, and Adrian Young on Marvin Gaye's What's Going On. The Spark Parade, where artists reveal their cultural inspirations to spark the inspiration in you. Find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, without further ado, please enjoy the Postmodern Art Podcast. Hello. Uh Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, oh my god. To apologize. All over the place. Now I hate being late. You guys don't understand. I hate it. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, you're technically already what a week late because we were planning for last week and then something came up. Oh no, God. <laughs> no, again, you do not need to apologize. This is a very laid back sort of environment or whatnot. If you're a few minutes late, that's fine. We we completely understand. We know that life happens. Yeah, yeah. we definitely we definitely understand, and we just want to say thank you so much for taking the time for uh, of doing part of our podcast and stuff. It really means a lot uh, to us, more for me. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for taking an interest in my work. I mean, it's 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 very flattering. I'm always happy to talk about it. I mean, really, I'm what sorry. happened was I I live near a stadium, and um, mm. it's game day, and I forgot, and I have a bunch of stuff to do every day, like outside of my apartment, and it just. I was like, oh, no, I, not today. I was all say, day. As, as someone that lives in a college town close to like all sorts of different sports venues and stuff, I completely understand where you're coming from. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to say. I was, Football stadiums here are like. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I was talking to Maria before you hopped in the call real quickly. Um as a matter of fact, for our college football, American football town, uh, we just won, like, the national championship for the first time in, like, 40 years, and everyone celebrated, and everyone got COVID. Of course. Yeah. Well, congratulations. I mean, no, I yay, good things, but... 
It's one of those we but, we haven't had one in forty years. I couldn't care if we wait another forty to get another one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much my outlook on most of these things. But you know, yeah. it's kind of weird because I used to compete in sports and stuff like that, and 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 I should be more into like yes, go sports. <laughs> Well, I, but really, I just... <laughs> I think you can agree, like, experiencing the sport versus, like, watching it for entertainment are two completely, like, yeah. mindsets more than anything else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, like, the only time I've ever been... I mean, you you guys at least know your sports. The only time I ever, like, know a sport is when FIFA comes around because that's when my country starts playing. Hey, there you go. Hey. Which, which, which country is that? Oh, it's uh, Colombia. Oh, lovely. I have a bunch mm-hmm. of friends from there, actually, I, I that I weird, that I uh, met under the weirdest circumstances, because I used to live in Munich, and I obviously, like, back in my day, I was fluent in German. No, but uh, I was there uh, taking kind of like a year between, like, graduating from college, uh, actually ended up sort of saving up some money, which is bizarre. Let's put loans aside. Um <laughs> It took a little bit of a break because I went from like a bachelor's to a master's and I was just completely burnt out by the time I came out. And uh, so I was in Munich and uh, every other person in that language school where I was like, I'm just going to, you know, learn a little bit more German. They were from South America and actually most of them from Colombia. It's crazy. Interesting. Of all the places in the world, apparently Germany is very popular. But yeah, that I mean, was I've at least heard before that my little German, weird anecdote. <laughs> I was gonna say I've heard before that like German is real like compared to some of the other world languages out there, German is relatively easy to learn. I imagine for a lot of places like no, it's not. No, it's grammatically one of the more complicated ones, and it has a lot of rules that do not exist in most other languages. Really? So what for me, it was. <laughs> So for me, it was actually quite easy because um, Slovenian, which I'm originally from Slovenia, Mm -hmm. Slovenian has very, it's a Slavic language, but it has a lot of German influences because of historical influences. Um, And uh, so we have a lot of rules that even if they're not the same, they follow the same logic. Um, Whereas for somebody, let's say an English speaker or a Spanish speaker, um, when those rules of speaking, of, of sentence forming, do not exist at all, and you've never come across and trying to wrap your mind around that concept is really, really challenging. Like, you know, it, they have, like, these weird conjugations. You have um, the way the way you prefix or suffix a word is, like, different. The way that, and a lot of... Um, a lot of overly a lot of exceptions. Like, rules and such. A lot of exceptions to the to rules. Yeah. Exceptions to rules. So it's like, do you do this for every word that you say in this tense, except for all these other ones? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you sound like you're just describing English now? <laughs> oh yeah, I mean yeah, I am <laughs> basically. Uh, yeah. Before we really get started, I just have one question I need to ask. Um, your name, I know it's Marta. How do you pronounce your last name? Is it uh, Svetek? It's it's Svetek. Just stress, just stress the say it the way you did. Just stress the first syllable instead of a Svetek. Yeah, Svetek. Yeah, close enough. It, if if I say it like it's it's so funny. It's not difficult to spell, right? But to say correctly, I'm not bothered. Um, it's it's tricky because it has an e sound that again doesn't exist in the English language. <laughs> 
So it's Svetek, as a narrow E and a wide E. Okay. Um, but to a lot of people, it sounds like Svetek. It's not round, it's E. Svetek. Svetek. Close enough. Yeah, it's quite not bad. I just wanted to be 100% sure because it would be my first time butchering someone's name on this podcast, sadly. Um <laughs> If in doubt, just say Marta. It's just the mononym. I, it's only it's only for this little like intro like thing I'm gonna have after the icebreaker question. They, uh, pass that. I'm just gonna be saying Marta the rest of the time. So there you go. Hey, the, I have one rule. Go for Do it. Do not call me Martha. Obviously, I'm not Martha. That one has such a history in it where I just I can't I can't deal. Everybody here in the UK, there are very few Martas. It's all Martha. Whereas you know stateside, it's not so unusual um and i've had issues where like in a, in previous jobs where i needed security clearance they would spell my name with an h mm-hmm. and then I, they wouldn't let me in because my id obviously doesn't say martha uh, it says martha. So, like, ah, ah. i i totally um, get that yeah. i understand <laughs> <laughs> all right marta before we really get going i must ask the icebreaker question of the podcast and maria i want to get your input because you haven't answered this before either um <laughs> Uh, you've answered the broader one, but not the more specific one. Um, okay. Basically, let's say you get an opportunity to go to a deserted island on your own accord. It is just you, alone with your thoughts. You get to take a step back, breathe, relax. But to help make sure you don't go completely insane, you get to bring one piece of media or one piece of art with you. What is that one piece? Oh, my God. I need preparation. I need to think about this. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's all been improv with this podcast, but I was not expecting that type of question to come up. Matt, why did you do this to me? Do you not remember remember the 50th episode when I was asked the question about, like, if I was to bring one type of media or one type of art? I decided to narrow it down a little bit. I I remember that question, but I was hoping it wasn't that question at the same time. Like what media? What do you mean by what media? Like what like, what show? What, what game? Or or what exactly. system? Or whatever you consider art or media. So whether it be a video game, whether it be a movie, a full series, you know, a musician or a type of an album or something along the lines of that. Whatever you consider that, that's in the realm. Ooh. Oh my god, that art. is a difficult question. Oh, I know. Hmm. I mean, right? I probably. Probably the Lord of the Rings trilogy is probably my safest bet because I just infinitely enjoy that. At no point does that become tedious or in any way unpleasant to, to me. Um, I, I, the thing is, I love video games so much. <laughs> like, huh, someone that works in video games liking video games. How peculiar. <laughs> Well, you know what? You know what? It's not that common among video game voice actors. It's not. I, um, I was gonna say to be fair, yeah. I've heard like what was it Nolan North saying that he hadn't played like the Uncharted series before a certain point, something something along the lines of that. Um, for games, it's it's weird because I, you know, I, I kind of have phases. There's no one overarching like best game ever. That's fair. And if I were to say like one of the most pivotal ones for me was Unreal Tournament 1999, Ooh. old school. <laughs> I need people to play that with and nobody plays that anymore. I mean, you know what? Fair. I was going to say you do have like internet access on this island if that helps, but <laughs> yeah, but nobody plays it anymore, even online. Yeah, you know what right. I mean? Like I, 
So I guess the closest one to that right now, actually, I've been really getting into surprise, surprise, Battlefield. Okay. Um, Twenty forty two, and it's been actually. It, it took me a while to get into it mm-hmm. because the fourth wall breaks for me so much because I'm in it. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm the one yelling at you on the Russian side. I'm the one barking commands out. <laughs> and so I had to... I, I played it, and then I, cause I loved the game. Um, it, it's it kind of just... I know there's, it's got a lot of crit- criticism, but for me, it scratches the right itch. There you if, go. If you know what like, you gotta say. It's, it's just... It, for me, it's just fun mayhem. And um, But I needed to be like, well, okay, I can't... I'm one of those people that n- has never gotten used to hearing their own voice. I always cringe. Always, always, always. And so... Hey. Oh say, my god. Yeah. As someone that does a podcast and has to listen to his voice <laughs> on a weekly basis, I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you can imagine. But I guess... Well, another one that I've played probably literally thousands of hours of is destiny too so some of those i know i'm not picking one if i have to pick one it'll be lord of the rings okay, okay. but here's some other contenders also the witcher uh game series those you know look i'm very loose that's, that's open with this answer. so all that stuff i'll put that all into consideration as well <laughs> maria have you thought of your answer uh yes i have um and i might be uh sounding really biased as fuck right now but um uh, I guess, like, uh, in terms of, like, because uh, currently I'm in this state, uh, I totally would just bring Five Nights at Freddy's security breach with me. That's Good like, answer. Hear me out. Hear me out. It's not just a great game, in my personal opinion. It's just the fact that there's, like, five different endings. So you're never going to get bored. And, like... You know, all the animatronics will, like, try to kill you anyway, so, like, you have that chance to kind of start over. So you have, like, yep. so many ways to get to those five endings. There we go. There we go. I mean, Perfect I, answer. I'll go ahead and send you the 25 bucks for saying that. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Steel Wool will send you the check. Check's in the mail. There you go. But nevertheless, <laughs> Lord of the Rings and for Maria, uh, Five Nights of Prey Security Breach. That's your guys' answer. You're locking that in. Locking it in. Yes. And also Killer Clowns from Outer Space, because I can't live without that. Fair enough, fair enough. But with that, I can't think of a better way to start the Postmodern Art Podcast. Welcome, everyone. I am one of the hosts of today, Nathan Raglan, with me as well. Maria, you want to introduce yourself real quickly? Hi. uh, I go by uh, Tipsy J Hearts on my social medias, but uh, obviously my name is Maria, because why not? And I'm the producer. I mean, it's one of those we'll probably flip between... Tip- I'll probably flip between Tipsy and Maria throughout the entire thing, so there you go. Uh, <laughs> but, Good to know. Exactly. But nevertheless, uh, follow. Uh, make sure to like, subscribe, or follow whatever streaming platform you prefer for the Postmodern Art Podcast. Uh, I am part of the Apocalypse Podcast Network. Go to apocalypsepodcastnetwork.com for more about this podcast and other outstanding ones in the network. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PostModArtPod for future updates and guest announcements, including today's guest. <clears throat> she is a visual effects artist and actress for video games such as Total War, Total War Warhammer 2, Battlefield, uh, Battlefield 2042. Can I, can I stop you there? Sorry, one second. I'm not a VFX artist. My bad. Thank you for... I, I'll just... I work for a visual effects company, but I'm not an artist. Okay, I saw I saw the thing on your profile that said I also do VFX <laughs> stuff. I thought that meant you were also a visual yeah. effects artist. My bad. Um, Sorry. Uh, 
my bad as well for being vague. It's you know fair enough. Then in that case, let me try that again. I'll, I'll probably still leave this in though. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> she is an actress for the likes of film and video games such as Total War, Warhammer 2, Battlefield 2042, and most prominently Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach. Welcome to the podcast, Marta Sfit. God, I had the massive brain fart. Marta Svitek, thank you so much for being here. (laughs) As you can tell, I'm a little nervous. Um, (laughs) Don't be. Uh, How are you doing? You're just saying it out. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah, it's been a bit of an unusually hectic day, but other than that, it's it's been pretty great and and kind of... uh, been enjoying riding the wave of just the love for uh, Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach. Um, just everybody's been so amazing, and it's just like a daily bit of positivity on my phone. You know, like there you go. just it's nice. I-, I can only imagine. But before we really divulge too much into kind of the positivity you've been getting these days, I want to go back just a little bit, and I want to know more or less the origin story of Marta. What got you interested in art and acting in the first place? Um, oh my god. <laughs> How far back? I don't know. I've always been um a bit I, I enjoyed performing. <clears throat> I had um I had parents that uh, very much um they they were high achievers and so there's very much a very strict household in terms of like you will train and everything you will be you will have a complete skill set and everything and that includes not just sports but you know art and things like that. So you know, I danced ballet for eight years, so I got used to performing um, and 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 things like that. And I just felt really at home performing. I really enjoyed it. So I always got involved in it somehow. But see, I'm originally from Slovenia, which is a country of two million people. And it is, you know, it's always like, oh, it's a poor country. It's not a poor country. It's totally fine. It's, everything is perfectly average. <laughs> um, but in a country of two million people... It's very difficult to think of acting or performing as a career because there's literally not enough people to come see you, right? And the internet and internet culture and the way we do things now was unthinkable even in 1999, 2000. You know, it wasn't, we couldn't imagine the stuff that we can do now. You know, it just wasn't a thing. Um, <clears throat> so I put that to one side and, uh, Went through the normal academic route, you know, went to business school, things like that. But I never, I never had a time when I wasn't involved in doing something creative or just, you know, having a drawing phase or, or, or dance or music or whatever. It just, I, I had to let it out somehow, you know, um, even though it was, I was going down the very straight and narrow route of like, you know, corporate job and and whatever um and so it wasn't until i moved to london um again not for acting Mm -hmm. that i somehow fell into fell into acting i i found that they were doing this zombie immersive theater production that wasn't just a scare maze because most of the time when they said like it's you know zombie apocalypse immersive theater immersive theater by the way for for those who don't know is is you're not on a stage the the audience goes through the space and they interact with you and it's a lot of improv. Okay. Um, there's very little scripting to it uh, in terms of dialogue. You just interact and you're like kind of, kind of part of the show. Um, 
And uh, for a while, uh, one one uh, place that does it really well, it's Punch Drunk P- Productions. Punch Drunk Productions. I can, I talk for a living for crying out loud. I'm a <laughs> um, Anyway, so it's it's a very cool type of performance. And they needed zombies for this immersive theater zombie apocalypse thing. It was nuts. And I was like, oh, my God, yes, back into performing. I love it. Um, and right at the same time, I was working for a tech startup um that that was doing uh various kinds of uh learning and development and digital skills training whatever whatever the concept was like here's a millennial and they'll tell you about how the internet works large corporate ceo man (laughs) (laughs) and um so one of the companies that we were actually working for and i was telling what to do is hsbc which is a global bank and we're doing this new kind of what is the interwebs uh like kind of training e-learning thing and we were i remember running late delivering a pilot episode of this that involved on-camera stuff and uh animation and i went (coughs) excuse me and i uh i was doing the on-camera stuff because just i have had the most neutral accent um and i was like oh my god no we ran out of time to get a VO. I was just going to put a coat over my head with a mic like this one here, just a USB mic, and I was going to record the pilot. And they heard it. It's like, we like her voice. Let's just use her. So I was like in, in a studio for the next five weeks recording this thing for like a global internal like program. And I'm like, you know what? That's just kind of fun. Maybe I can do this. Wow. That, that <laughs> um, and that was fun. only 2016. Yeah, it was only 2016. And um, so I'd never thought about voiceover before that. And uh, after that, I just kind of, you know, dipped a toe or whatever. And just it went from me volunteering to do stuff to people wanting to hire me to do stuff. And I'm like, okay, so there's something here. Let me see. But I've always been somebody also that um, this probably digressing to a different question. Um, I I, I made kind of a a decision from the very beginning of starting to pursue this professionally. And that was that I'm doing it my way. Or not at all. I don't need... I have the education. I have the means. I, I know I'm good at other things. I don't need this to survive. I don't need this to pay my rent. I'm not doing this. I'm not in, in a way where I have to take projects that I don't want to do in order to pay for my bills. I don't want to be in that situation. And so it either works or it doesn't. And I have to be okay with that. Um, and, you know, it... It meant that certain things went slow, but certain things worked out much better because I, you know, I can say I'm happy with all my work and or most of it or whatever. Um, and yeah, that that's kind of very much shaped my path and my decisions thereafter. And when I thought like voiceover, obviously my first thought was like, oh my god, video games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I to be in the things I play. <laughs> I, I'll say first off, I want to say it's cool that we're not even thirty minutes in this podcast, and you've already gone like full on inspirational for us. I love that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they um, I I want to say sorry. I, I was gonna say yeah, go I was gonna say secondly, um, it's funny they actually bring up the video games. Like I assume, like obviously, you have the uh, 
like you've got a love for this you know career that you've definitely gone into but like was the love for video games also something that may have led you in that direction as well or is that just something yeah. that sort of just oh up? absolutely oh really absolutely <laughs> like the thing is i i was lucky enough that like i had computers in my house my entire life which for somebody who was born in 1990 um isn't necessarily a given um because you know it, it, it the personal computer and and windows and everything it was like around 1995 we had like the old sinclairs and things like that in uh my pro i remember in our house and it was um i was like playing frogger and stuff and i was like mashing buttons and then oh my god all of a sudden we had a uh pc at home and and stuff like that it just um i was very lucky and and i have an older brother who's seven years older who was who's also very very techy and he's just naturally picked all this up while I was still, you know, like a toddler. And um, so he guided me through a lot of this stuff. He was very influential in in that sense and, you know, really allowed me. And because that's not necessarily the case with every brother-sister relationship, especially when there's a bigger age gap. But I, he had me there with him all the time. You know, we were playing Mortal Kombat. I remember Mortal Kombat 4 that just blew my mind because it was the first one that was in 3d and there were these blood cubes bouncing around but it was just the most amazing thing you know there's this kind of like awe with every next game that came out with what you could see and what you could do um and that's such a formative thing for me and you know i was i was nine when unreal tournament came out and you know we were playing on dial-up and it was just, it was so good because the neighborhood kids just going crazy. And all of a sudden, everybody in the neighborhood had uh, an ADSL line because the parents were just like, we can't, we can't fight them anymore. We <laughs> <laughs> Our phone bills are going to bury us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's insane. Um, yeah, games have always been a big part of my life. Always, always. Honestly, I'm so glad that you, you said you experienced all of this, uh, when you were a child and so for for me like uh, like because it was so um it was so rare for us to get a computer because me and my brother had to share like this one big ass computer back in the 90s and stuff like that and uh it's it's funny too just because uh the game that i used to play so often and it's not it's it's not uh a thing that would be everyone's favorite or anyone even knows about its existence but it's like it's like this game is like when there's like this balloon monkey right and you have to slap it and you and you get a lot of points while jungle boogie plays <laughs> oh i love it i love it oh my god it just but the thing is they're just such creativity and fun there's fun in games in the creation of games you know it's not just the playing it's you can you can see where you know where where the creators of those games came from it's just like you just want to be a bit silly we just want to you know just I'm, share that joke even <laughs> i mean you've definitely become a part of that more or less definitely now more than ever with some of the games that you've been involved with as such um I do want to say, like, going back a little bit, like, obviously, whenever you first decided, hey, I want to go full on head first into, like, doing this thing my own way. Was that part of the reason why you decided to go all in with all this different kind of training and such with, uh, like, you know, sword and shield and, like, different weapons or whatnot? Or was that something that kind of developed beforehand that just helped you along the way? 
I mean, it was just another thing that I loved. <laughs> you know what I mean? I thought it was just, it was just freaking cool. Okay. Yes, it is. No, <laughs> it no, I'm cool. not denying it. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's just, uh, like, if you think, I saw Lord of the Rings. It came out 2001. I, I saw the the movies and, and went crazy. But even before that, like, horses have always been, I've been obsessed with horses since I was a teeny tiny baby. Um, I, I, like, loved any kind of medieval stuff and whatever. It's just things I gravitated towards. And again, when you come to the UK, um, stage combat is such a developed skill. Such a, it, there's such a, a, a network of, of training for that kind of stuff where, you know, I, I dabbled in other martial arts and, and, and stuff like that, but it never, I keep saying, I, I said that for a battlefield, but it never scratched the right itch because you're just getting pummeled. Yeah session after session you know I mean? after a while you're just like i'd like to have a day when i don't hurt yeah <laughs> um but but uh it's, it's so so when when i decided hey i'm gonna pursue video games i also came across another line of training which was for motion capture and there hadn't been anything like that really before like it was just around those those couple of years that those that that the veterans of early motion capture actually decided, hey, actually, I'm going to start up a, a, a school to share my knowledge to get more people into motion capture because there's a lot of work here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so I jumped on that pretty quickly and and from day one was like, this is really cool. This is something I can do as somebody who's had a lot of physical education, you know, growing up and, and competed in, in, in various sports and things like that. So I, know, I knew I was physically capable and I knew how to do choreography. I knew how, I had very good body awareness, um, which is something you desperately need for motion capture. Um, but yeah, I, I was like, well, I want to. I want to do motion capture as well. And you combine voice and motion capture, you got performance capture, right? Yeah. Um, so it was all all going into that one thing. Um, but I thought, well, what do they mocap? What what sets you apart? from others what what kind of skill sets would i need i know i'm not going to be a gymnast that ship has sailed (laughs) um i'm not going to be this crazy parkour tricker you know it's not going to happen that i'm i'm not that kind of athlete um but fighting i can do yeah and so you know, I'm I'm five eight. I I'm I have a muscular build. I know that I fall into a lot of those warrior slash military um, archetypes very naturally, and so I just went straight into that. So yeah, I've been training with a company called Independent Drama here for years, and it's just been really really fun. It gets re- really hard sometimes, and and physically it's really demanding because if you think one fight already like. Anybody who's ever done any kind of serious sparring would know that it just it two three minutes of it you're just done. With stage combat, it's a little bit more like dancing because it's a choreography, but you have to do that twenty times over. You have to do that for as many takes as it takes to get the right take. (laughs) So there is a a physical component to it, and I used to be. I used to dabble a little bit and a little bit more in stunt training and doing a lot of the falls and things like that because stunts, to be honest, most of them are falling down. <laughs> most of stunt work is like just taking that hit um, and and a bit of wire work and things like that. But I've kind of 
since the pandemic kind of moved away because obviously training's been inconsistent and I'm not getting any younger. Yeah. Can't take those hits like I used to. <laughs> I was going to say fair enough. I know. So whenever I was in college for filmmaking and such, there would be some stuff to where there would be some choreography. My One of the people that I constantly went back to, a guy by the name of Max Steele, that's legitimately his name, um, that like he was very good with the choreography with some of that kind of stuff. And even then, that was like the basic you know, base level of that kind of training. But even then, like, sometimes it could be demanding with how you have to fall a certain way, how you have to, like, do stuff a certain way or whatnot. So I can only imagine, like, especially in the step up, when you have to do that over and over again to make sure it is just right to get that, I guess, triple A yep. quality at times. I can only imagine just how demanding it can be at times. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, fighting isn't the most demanding thing to mocap at all. Because you usually do a limited amount of takes. In, in mocap, um, it moves really fast. So what tires you out is the amount of movement you have to do in a day, not repeating that, um, that sequence. Because it's, if, you can think, if you think of film production, mm-hmm. every time they yell cut, reset, there's amount of, an amount of time that you as an actor get that, where you can just go, okay. Let me just reset a little bit while everybody resets lights, cameras, whatever. You have none of that in mocap. None. Like, when they yell cut, reset, they're already ready to go because all they're doing really is labeling and pressing the record button. You're surrounded by those cameras. Um, And so, you know... You the the amount of downtime between takes is how long it takes you from getting from your end spot back to your first position. It's all the time, so you're constantly on the go. Um, but something that I now do less of, but definitely, you know, it's something that every mocap performer, I think, goes through. Um, let's say for purely mocap performers, like, um, you know, Nolan North probably never did any of this stuff, or maybe he did, I, but I would be surprised if he did it. Um, it's locomotion shoots, in-game animations. Because... Mm. Um, What's what's sexy to record is the cinematics because that's straight up acting. But right. in-game animations are the animations that you guys see all the time. But they need to be little chunks of turn ninety degrees left, ninety degrees right, one eighty left, one eighty right. Now it's actually in. Um, now you actually have to do it in forty-five degree increments. So turn forty-five, turn ninety, turn one thirty-five, one eighty, um, and back and that kind of stuff. And um, so you're doing all these things. You have to do the walks, the runs, the sprints, the crouch walks. Jesus. Oh, my <laughs> God. Only imagine. When you have to do crouch animations, when you're, like, stealthing around, you have to do crouch animations, and you're doing all this because it's, it's all a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. It's a spreadsheet of moves, and you're just going, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it, hopefully, uh, that quickly. But that, that that's how they want to record it. You just go from one thing to another. Let's just go, go, go. I mean... I've had to tell them that we should put all of those towards the very end of the day because anything that will be recorded afterwards will be crap because I won't be able to walk anymore. It is so excruciating. Um, and to this day, when I see a character like crouch walk in a game, I get like a little bit of sympathy, like tension in my quads. Like, Genuinely, I'm like, oh god, I'm scarred for life. <laughs> um, but yeah, 
I, I was going to say, like, I, I will be the first to admit that you are the first motion capture actress that we have ever had on this podcast. But So <laughs> this is the kind of stuff that both I expected to hear, but at the same time, like, I'm still surprised to hear it because it doesn't really surprise me that, you know, all the stuff that kind of goes into it to eventually lead to what looks like a fluid motion that, you know, could be taken from, like, several takes or even just, like, a single take done at, like, the yeah. end of the day. But I can also understand just how physically demanding it could be to like make sure it's the exact right way that the animators need it to be so they can produce the product that they want perfectly in their mind yep exactly and it's um it's like it, it's it, it's a really fun process that has moments that are that are like a bit like okay i'm just gonna have to power through this because there's nothing nice about it <laughs> but my my top uh, my top tip in this respect for any buddy mocap performers is don't skip leg day. There you I'm go. Saying, don't skip leg day because um, <laughs> you're going to pay for that. Yeah. Leg day is vital. <laughs> um, I was going to say, uh, yep. uh, 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 words are wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I love words. I know they're perfect. Uh, I mean, even then, like, you know, some of the... But, I mean, nevertheless, like you said, like, it's probably still a rewarding experience at the end of the day, knowing that the small things you might be doing here and there will eventually be translated into some of the stuff that not only yourself, but thousands, even millions of people are going to play. And, you know, they might not recognize the small movements, but, like, when the entire product as a whole is wonderful and everyone appreciates it, I can only imagine how rewarding that can be for you. Yeah, definitely. It's um it's always a team effort and and that's how I take everything like my performance that's the my take on working with studios as well. I I I think any anybody who's ever worked with me may may echo this. I hope they would. We're I'm very very collaborative um and always sort of more looking at the bigger picture rather than this is my performance, mine. Right. <laughs> definitely not how it how it goes, you know. Um and it, for me, I'm just, I'm not just happy for myself. I'm happy for everybody that's put in, it takes a village, you know, and, and it, everybody that's put so much work and time and effort into this game that when it's received positively is, you know, rewarding is the right word, but I don't, I don't feel like the, it's, it's a, it's a strong enough word yeah. to really reflect that, that feeling when, when it does you know, when people do get it and, and enjoy it. Absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Love. <laughs> love for everybody. <laughs> love for everyone all around. And I'm sure oh, that you definitely oh. get a lot of love for a lot of your performance. Sorry, you going to say something, Marie? <laughs> no, I was just saying, I was just repeating what you guys were saying. There you go. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. Um, everybody was... say love. 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 <laughs> Some RuPaul there. There you go. Uh, RuPaul references. I was going to say, I imagine you probably still get like a whole lot of love with some of the performances. And one of the ones that I personally wish got a little bit more love was some of the performances for Battlefield 2042. I know online it's a very mixed reaction or whatnot. But I mean, even then, like for you, like you can correct me if I'm wrong, up until that point, until another game that we were talking about, that's probably was like the most involved you've probably been with a video game. You can correct me if I'm wrong or whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. I would say the thing is, the funny thing is there's the games that have come out. Mm -hmm. And then there's the games that I've already worked on. I've been working on games quite intensely for the last, to be honest, I did a couple before the pandemic and then the pandemic hit. The second it hit, 
it was just project after project that came my way, which was insane. I was not expecting it because everything else shut down for everybody else. And all of a sudden, I'm here being dragged out in lockdown one, being dragged into mocap volumes, no auditions, just we know she can do it, just go, 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 because people are trying to finish stuff. Um, Which gave me some amazing experiences. Um, But yeah, I've been working on a bunch of like titles in one of my profiles uh, that's like an industry profile uh, casting thing. And it's like confidential, confidential, confidential. NDAs are a beautiful thing. yeah, so I've been, I've got projects that are, you know, I worked on two years ago that haven't come out yet. Oh, wow. <laughs> or maybe they never will. Who knows? But that's how it normally is. You you do the job and you have to literally wait years before you can talk about it. But of the games that have come out, uh, it is, it is one of, yeah, it's probably the most involved one before, obviously, Five Nights at Freddy's. Because uh, even with Total War, uh, with I I was still I'm I'm a player character there. Uh so it's not like it's a minor role, but yeah. It's but, it's a bit nuts. <laughs> but but even then like as much of a love and dedicated war base that uh, war base uh fan base there is for Warhammer and such like the Battlefield fan base like they can be yeah. some ravenous dogs at certain points, but the fact that you get to be a part of that and as someone that enjoys video games, one that enjoys that game alone, again, like how was that kind of experience just as a whole being a part of that game? Well, let me let me tell you how how I found out I got it. Oh, I, yes, <laughs> please. So, so um with uh I mean, to preface this Battlefield 1942 was a game that me and my brother played to death. Ooh. We were part of a clan. It was like first, it was on TeamSpeak, okay? We were like on TeamSpeak with these guys in a clan, these guys from Scotland that eventually came to visit and everything. Like, we, this was, it was like uh, the thing mm-hmm. <laughs> for, for years. Um, and it, it, you know, it was like, okay, then I kind of, you know, dipped out of it and got into other stuff. And um, so I started working with this studio uh, called Side UK. They, they're kind of um, a lot of AAA studios outsource voice stuff to them. Mm-hmm. And they, I had just finished recording another game for them. And they, uh, they were like, actually, can you just quickly do an audition for this one? We think you might be good for this one. I'm like, all right, generic military audition, then a million of them. Oh, you want a Russian accent? Okay, fine. Let's go for it. Let's do it. Um, Easy. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, yeah, great. A couple days later, oh, yeah, you you got it. I'm like, great. And then I'm waiting. (laughs) Nobody told me. I'm like, yay, game, yay, work. Uh, But, you know, fine. and then usually from the paperwork, the NDAs and things like that that you get to sign, you can usually tell, you know, if it's a certain studio, you're like, ah, oh, it's probably that. Yeah, you know, you can you can kind of discern it. Um, but I couldn't from this paperwork. I'm like, what is it? Okay. They'll probably tell me, they'll send me the scripts day before to peruse and they'll probably tell me then or like I'll just know from the scripts what this is. Nothing. And I get to the studio on the day, I get into the booth, and they're micing me up. And, and all of these are obviously directed remotely. So they're just me and the engineer, because COVID safety. Um, so it's just me and the engineer there. And they everybody else, like, zooms in. And and they're saying, okay, yeah, let's just uh, play back the audition, and we'll just jump right into it. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Can, can you tell me anything about this game? Like, can, 
tell me something. Like, it, what kind of game is it? Is it is it like a first person shooter? Is it a you know action adventure? Like, is it a god you game? What what is it? As, uh, the guy's like, oh yeah, hey, oh but didn't we tell you? Oh like, all right. Well, the game is Battlefield. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> No, they're, they're just so casual about it, I guess. And they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, it's Battlefield. And they're like... <laughs> like... I don't know. It's really good, I didn't know, because I would have totally psyched myself out the night before if if I knew what it was. Um, But literally, I was... Like, like, I had a minor, like, just... I don't know what, like, seizure <laughs> in there. <laughs> Just, just like, like years of memory just like spiking you at that one particular moment like are you kidding me yeah yeah god i got that <laughs> like even my agent didn't know that it was that you know so it was wow. it was crazy um but yeah no so so the guys the uh justin was the guy that was directing me for the session he loved he was laughing out loud uh just a lovely human being and um you know, and and I do hear that because I have several friends from these studios. You know, we either work together or meet uh, in a various industry events, and I'm I'm very lucky that a bunch of them uh, are my friends. You know, I can call them my friends, and and um, we actually play games together pretty often. But they're like, yeah, it's actually really rewarding when you do get an actor because, like I said, it's not actually that common for for video game actors to play video games. It's not a prerequisite. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, it's, you know, they're like, it's fun to get somebody who is just excited about video games as we are, because it kind of reminds you why you're there. Um, that was like one of the biggest compliments anybody's ever, ever said to me, but it, it was just, then from that moment, we just kind of click and we're like, yeah, we're on the same page here. We're just going to get this done. And it was really fun. It was really fun. Um, just recording all this stuff. And again, for people don't, that don't know, video game scripts very rarely come in script form. It's an Excel spreadsheet. What? <laughs> yeah, it's an Excel spreadsheet. Well, those those lines have to be coded and and uh, placed in to certain points in the game, right? So they need to have that that side to it as well as the words. They have to know exactly where in the game this is supposed to go, and you know, figure out how often it triggers how you know there's a whole technical component to it that's very complex um the entire time it's just like somebody just written it like that in like word docs or something well i mean not even then like i imagine especially for like for what you were doing for that role in particular it was like more of a reactionary thing for like what was going on in the middle of a game or something yeah that's why they needed it's commenting on the state yeah exactly it's commenting on the state of play it's it's giving you updates it's also building the environment, of course, and 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 setting the the stage or like the immersion. <clears throat> but it's uh, yeah, for even for dramatic scenes, I've had them in Excel spreadsheets, mm. and and it's you just get used to it, really. Um, but yeah, it's it's crazy. <laughs> we got through a lot of lines. I, I I've built up a little bit of a reputation now um, that I work very fast. You, you kind of get into that zone of that character. You, you take a moment and you kind of... Um, also very physical in my performance, so I love it when, like, the my type of microphone that we recorded with uh, for Battlefields is the, the one that you kind of have on, on a cap normally. It's a little lapel mic here, like on stage, um, as opposed to a static mic like this one, like here where you have to kind of, like, 
if you want to move, you dance around it was here. It's like any way I, I looked, it um it picks it up. You know, it doesn't affect yeah, it doesn't affect the sound. So it's uh it was it was really fun. It was really fun. And once again, it's one of those, again, it must have been fun, very rewarding. So in fact, the story of, again, you know, you growing up, wearing out the original, like, Battlefield game, and then here you are working on, you know, the latest installment. Like, I, I'm not going to yeah. lie, when you start off by saying that, you know, you used to be a clan with all these Scottish people, I thought the, the follow-up line was going to be, yeah, so the people that are working on this game were those same people in that same clan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be pretty epic, but no, no, uh, unfortunately not. <laughs> um, Dice, the guys at Dice were uh, were from the States, although the studios, that part of the studio is based in, in Gothenburg, Sweden. Okay, okay, fair enough. But yeah. even then, speaking of epic, while we get to the big dog of your repertoire at this moment, or I guess the big bear in this case, and that would be Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach. How did this... <laughs> How did this opportunity to even be a part of this game come to you? Oh man, that's another interesting story. Go like I it. get all these ones, like weird ones. Um, so <clears throat> I think most of the cast. I might be wrong here, but just just from what I know is um, U.S. based, and you know, Steel Wool are, are a small studio. Um, surprisingly small for for the scale of game that they've shipped. It's unbelievable, and. Um, so they're not, you know, using side and like side UK and stuff like that to like do their casting for them. It's like, dude, that's it's not. That's like a Ubisoft Electronic Arts level thing. And so I would probably never be on their radar as a, as an international performer. And there's also, you know, there's certain restrictions um, to working with international talent and visas and stuff like that. Which, like for me, I luckily can go. I have a workaround for that, but. It was, uh, so the first person that I met before he was ever at Steel Wool is Ray McCaffrey, who's the executive producer. Now, Ray, I met through one of the people closest to me in my life, and that's a man named Aaron Rabinowitz, who, um, with a single DM, changed my life a few years earlier, um, because he's the guy that got me into the visual effects side of things um and he, again another u.s based person that was just just amazing um but he so he was then my boss at a company called red giant that i worked for did community management for uh various marketing stuff for uh visual effects software and um so i worked for him and then through various things, you know, life happens, acquisitions happen. He ended up leaving that company, um, was it end of 2020, and working for another company uh, where Ray was uh, at the time. And so I was like, well, I, I miss working with Aron and, and things like that. So I interviewed for that company as well. And one of the people that I ended up speaking to was Ray ah. and that company. Yeah. And we were talking about, you know, this is community management, community development, stuff like that. It was another, it was a, a video game company, but it, it was training games for doctors, essentially. Mm. Um, it was a very different concept, but it had a lot of people from big game studios that were coming together. It was a very, it's a very interesting company. But yeah, um, I ended up not going for that. But, you know, I just, Ray and I, 
had such a great conversation and you know, we talked about everything we talked like most of our conversation ended up not even being about the job it was about just like oh you're into lord of the rings too and like games and like all this stuff and and we said a bunch of stuff in common and he is genuinely one of the nicest most like amazing and just unbelievably smart people that I've ever met. Like he is just one of those exceptional people that you like, you know, you talk to him, you're just like, well, okay. Okay. You're, you're something else. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, so not a long time after that, uh, I heard, well, um, yeah, I heard that, that he had left, uh, that company. I I had no idea where he went. Mm. Uh, I, I just, I heard that he had left that company, um, for something else. And what about my life? Um, until I suddenly get an email into my inbox and it's like, Ray McCaffrey. I'm like, all right, interested in a gig. Go on. (laughs) And, um, he mentioned that he now works for Steel Wool and they're looking for somebody to voice these characters. Originally it was, um, Roxy and Gregory. And, uh, I was like, I mean, let's. Like, yeah, I'll audition for it. Let's go. Um and when he sent me when he sent me the audition sides for Roxy, I knew right away. I knew right away what she was gonna sound like. Like <laughs> I in my head I saw I saw the character model, I was familiar with the FNAF franchise and, and the general feel of it. Um and you know, and, and what it was going for and the sort of this little golem esque thing that she was having of like a split personality. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I got this. Fine. Gregory, on the other hand, I spent days pacing up and down this room because my booth is recorded here. This right here is uh where oh, all yeah. the slides were recorded. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I've seen some this, of booths like that. This before. is where the magic happened. Oh my god. There we go. Um but yeah, so so ah, let's fix my camera. It always happens when I move the camera. Um, yeah, exactly. Just like a, a little shot up my nose. Um anyway, so with Gregory, I was pacing up and down this room. I was like, I don't do kids' voices. You hear my voice, right? Like right. Ray's heard my voice. Why is he asking me to, to to audition for a kid? For a boy? Uh like that's it's not like I've never, ever, ever attempted to do a child character ever. But I thought I gotta give it a shot. Yeah, listening to various references, contorting my voice, and trying to find a place where it's not just about doing the voice for that one phrase. You have to be able to emote in that. You have to be able to stay in that voice for a long session, for hours at a time, and not blow out your vo- your vocal cords. So it can't all be here. It has to sit naturally in a certain like part of this pipeline. And um, <clears throat> so I I found something that I thought was acceptable, recorded the auditions, sent them over, um, told Ray, like, please listen to it and only forward Gregory if you're okay with it, because I'm not sure what the hell I just sent you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, within a day or so, I, I got a reply and they're like, no, we want to hire you for both, because they absolutely loved it. It was exactly what we were looking for. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> 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 well, 
<laughs> We're gonna have to do this now. I'm gonna have to do Gregory. Like, oh my god, and he's got the most lines. Yeah. <laughs> Just. Um, so I was terrified, but I was super happy. Yeah. But terrified. <laughs> I, I... What was your, like what? How did you came approach to those specific voices? What was your inspiration with those voices? I mean, with with Roxy, it's um, a different part of my life. You know, I was, I was, I'm a metalhead. I love heavy metal, and so I spent a lot of time in, in Europe. You have concerts everywhere all the time. Live music is such a, a ubiquitous thing, or at least it was up until 2020. Um, there's such a culture around it, and so uh, I spent most of my teenage years and a good part of my 20s really immersed in that world. And I even worked as a roadie for for a thrash metal band. And so you know, when you're in those you know festivals and everything, you come across a lot of these rock star women as well. Um, these you know leading women that have a certain way of talking. They have a certain way of uh, uh, just just being on that stage and then what happens behind like what happens off stage is often very different and a lot of them do have these moments it's it's a tough existence and have a lot of moments of like where they're not confident in what they're doing unless they're already there doing it or they're not confident of some certain other parts of their life or something and it, it, when when you're you know like laying yourself bare essentially on stage every night you're constantly in an emotionally a little bit more vulnerable state and you can really fluctuate in that um and <clears throat> that uh confidence and so i kind of had a little bit of that for roxy it wasn't so much i don't approach a character like hmm her the pitch of her voice should be this it doesn't that's always very disingenuous you have to come from the character first. You have to come from where where are they coming from, and everything else just flows from there. Because a uh, a character like that, to me, like her, would not sound high pitched. A character that looks like her, that that, that moves a, like her, that has her role, would not have a squeaky voice. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and you know, with the whole like the hair and everything, I think she was much more kind of on the sultry side. Um, and so. For, for her persona, but then, you know, on behind the, there's there's depth. And I think that's one of the things that I think people kind of reacted to as well. It's not a voice I'm doing. It's never a voice I'm doing. It's a character I'm portraying that you're hearing. Um, so it tries to come from within without... I'm trying not to sound like one of those, like, really pretentious actors, but <laughs> it, it is that. It is that. It is that you have to, you have to kind of be that. That more, more put or less yourself like in that scenario. In that character. Yeah, you exist in that character, and you you let that flow out. Um, you get into that zone, rather than I'm going to sound like I'm going to say something that's going to sound sad. That's never going to sound sad because human beings are, are like we, we're used to reading each other. You know, we, we we can tell when something's not genuine and we reject it, which is like, mm, that doesn't sound right. You might not be able to say why it doesn't sound right, but it won't sound right. Um, so for, for Roxy, was that for um, for Gregory, based on the brief that was that was sent to me, um, it I, I kind of took it further and got a little bit more inspiration from sort of the Home Alone type portrayals, like the 80s, 90s. Oh 
Yeah, 80s, 90s kind of family movie uh, sort of things. Because because of the lines, the way they were written, they very much fit into that genre of of child performance. You know, like the Macaulay Culkin kind of like, gee whiz, gosh golly kind of stuff. You know, like... <laughs> Except trying to dial it back from there. <laughs> I, uh, I just want to say, like, real quick, that I'm so glad you said that, because uh, as of recently, I was watching a clip from, um, I, don't, I don't know if you've ever seen this movie called uh, a, Chris, a Christmas Story or something like that. It was, like, about this little boy. All he wanted for Christmas is this toy pistol. Right. But everybody keeps saying, oh, you're going to shoot your eye out. And <laughs> and it just gave me so much a Gregory vibe. <laughs> that was that was one of the big inspirations, right? That genre of movie, plus a little bit of um, I could listen to a lot of reference from animation, various animations, because it is women voicing those those boys. Um, it, you know, it it's I know that then I'm I'm listening to reference that is potentially within my range to to execute um because you know you start getting into the character and thinking about like you know i, I was trying to think of what my what, what the kids in my family uh not my own but like like my brother's kids and 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 cousins and, and various other relations um how they behaved what they sounded like um you know little little kid specific things and trying to keep that and trying to get into that sort of place again where you would have that childish reaction to something and you would put a little bit more attitude into that voice especially if your parents weren't there yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. um, yeah i was gonna say as well like obviously we also can't forget another key character that you got the voice as well vanny as well how did that uh character get, oh, yeah. how did that character come to you and what was your kind of take <laughs> when coming to like what was the inspiration behind that character as well? <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, that one. That one came as a surprise. Uh, we were mostly done recording. We we're mostly done recording uh, uh, Gregory. I think we were done recording Gregory at that point. We were just finishing up with Roxy, and all of a sudden they get sent a third script. I was like, they probably just said that to me by mistake. It's fine because uh, get like an email attachment uh, before our sessions, and they don't know. No, we want you to try Vanny as well. I'm like. Okay, so three characters, they have to sound like they're not voiced by the same person. Okay, okay, I'm gonna need a minute. Because it was kind of on the spot. It was it was something that I had to, like, the other two, I had time to figure out. With Vanny, it was kind of like they talked me through the character and everything, and we workshopped the voice right then and there. Mm -hmm. Um... And it was trying to, I guess, you know, it's just a child murder. <laughs> so, so it's in a devious way, like, if I were to try to sound not non-threatening to whoever I was trying to bring closer to me, whoever I was, you know, like, trying to convince that they should trust me. It definitely goes higher up because higher up sounds a little bit more, a little less threatening. Almost, you know, so it wasn't about points. 
Yeah, exactly. So, so for Vanny, it was more, you know, it's not the sound of her voice that's threatening. It's, it's the words and it's, 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 <laughs> it's where she says them and, and, and like her demeanor and everything. Um, you know, it's, it's what she's saying. It's not supposed to, if you force it too much of trying to sound scary, then it doesn't sound scary. So it's trying to juxtapose what she's saying with how she's saying it that makes it creepy, right? That makes it, so I wanted to, I wanted it to sound like very in opposition to what she was saying, like her voice. So it was, yeah, you find, for me, no villain's just a villain, right? That doesn't work. Nobody's evil for the sake of being evil. So I did ask about more about the lore because I, I had played FNAF 1 and 2, but then I was a little bit more disconnected from the lore um, than would be insufficient for me to just know, oh, Vanny's this. Mm-hmm. Um, and because she's a character that's already existed in there as opposed to Roxy that hadn't really, um, I think it was important to get it right. Uh, so yeah, so so we kind of figured that out where... For me, like, she's somebody who's, well, she's brainwashed, but she, for me, there's a motivation, like, I need to get this kid or else, you know, there's, there's something there, but the only way she can get this kid is by being more inviting. And there is a side to her that, that, you know, would enjoy inflicting some kind of hurt on others for her own whatever reasons um it's and i'm not saying that's lore by the way that's just me trying to build up a story in my head with very little information that's very fair (laughs) yeah disclaimer this is not lore this is nothing that steel wool has told me this is literally me as an actor trying to fill in the motivational blanks when i was trying to say those words um and you know i and trusting that if anything ever went off piste or in the wrong direction i had the guys there to tell me let's try this differently and do this <laughs> you know um that's a lot of acting you just you give them you make a you make a strong choice to give them what you got in that moment and let them work with you to steer that into the direction that's ultimately right for the story right right i mean nevertheless like what you were able to fill in there and the performances you gave on all three characters were, I- I'm sure, you know, tipsy can agree with me. Absolutely outstanding. And like really. Immersed. Uh, thank you. <laughs> yes. Oh, like I was just like, um, the moment I was like, um, cause, uh, my computer is too crappy right now to even like, uh, even play like FNAF. But, uh, I was just watching like Markiplier just playing the game because this is how I, <laughs> this is how I, enjoy um, like, when I was, like, reading the credits and stuff, I was like, you know what? Let me see who's been doing these voices and stuff. I saw Calvin, <laughs> and then I saw you doing all three voices, and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I was just impressed with how, like, diff- you did not sound like the same person. Good. <laughs> that, that is a credit to your to- acting skills, if nothing else. <laughs> There's there's a lot of people I think that were very shocked um, by that. Whereas I was just terrified that you know maybe it was the thing is you have to you have to trust the the process. You have to trust the people that are making the game 
to 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 be to have a critical ear um to to the performances right and that's why it's so important that you work with them and that you take all the feedback that they're giving you because they're looking out for that right and so you have to as an actor there's always this kind of i think misconception that you have this power over the portrayal of of, of a character where it's there is really very limited power that you have over the final product, right? You you give what you have to give the way you're asked to give it. Um, and the rest is just trusting the team and the process um, that, you know, the final result is going to work out because they have an interest in it working, you know? It's like, oh, it's work. Um, and so, like, I would be like, yeah, it'd be fine. If they're happy, I'm happy. But then... I have this sort of more anxious mind where I'm like, had moments where like, but is it going to sound different enough? Are they going to sound like apart enough? Because they're literally talking to, to or next to each other. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, there's, if I didn't get it right, it, it was, it was going to be noticed by a community that's as dedicated um, as the FNAF community. It was going to get noticed. Yeah. <laughs> But nevertheless, even with that committed uh, community, I think like everyone can easily agree that this was an incredible performance by you and an incredible game at the end of the day. So more than anything else, thank you for taking it. <laughs> thank you for putting it. Are you, are, are you amazed by the reception that this game has gotten in general? Yeah, yeah, I am. I... <laughs> I put it this way. I I knew I was aware that it's a very de- dedicated community. I was aware that people love these characters before my performances. Right before I went into the studio, we had a few weeks between um, the first the, when the session started. Uh, I went and binged like literally all of Markiplier's playthroughs of Nap, <laughs> all of them, <laughs> and a few extras because I wanted to know everything that I could reasonably know before I went into the studio. I wanted to understand, because I knew where the game started, but I wanted to understand where the FNAF universe was now. It was super important to me. As somebody who's, you know, a video game fan, that's what matters to me. You know, it it, it makes a difference when the people, (laughs) the actors, if, if you ask me personally, this is my personal opinion, it makes such a difference in an actor's performance, especially in an established franchise, if they know what the state of the game is at that point in time, especially for games that are heavy on narrative and lore and things like that. You have to know. Mm-hmm. So I went and binged all of it. I was like, I'm going to be prepared. Let's just do this. I'm gonna I, do it right. I, I bet you could probably <laughs> do a good Markiplier impression at this point, can't you? <laughs> If only, my, if only my voice went that low. That guy, that guy's voice is entirely too good, and I'm mad about it. <laughs> he he just, Hello, everybody. My just, name's Markiplier. <laughs> but he just does just this resonant, like, yes. baritone, just like, just like, it's like butter. There you oh, go. It's, it. it's a lovely voice. Like, I, I can understand I why I could just listen to it all day. He could read me a phone I, book. I said this with another guest. I, I could he could read a phone book and I would probably stick on the just about every single number he says, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just 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 like uh it's, it's like it's just uh like I can't even handle the amazingness just, of his voice. I just but, absolutely love it when he just goes bad shit and he stresses out. Like there was like this whole point I think you've seen it. Um there was one point in the game when he couldn't 
get out of the laser tag area, and he just been freaking out of where the exit is. He's like, where am I? I won the game. <laughs> My favorite part was when he was freaking out because um, he was trying to call Freddy to save him from Monty. Yeah! And Freddy was on the upper level, and he was on the lower level, and Freddy's just going up and down, and he's like, Freddy! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, just, I was done. I was, oh my God, it was great. Uh, um, <laughs> but you know, back to the original question. I did, I expected a reaction. I did not expect the amount of reaction and, and the overwhelming, like, love for the game. And, and I, I wasn't expecting the attention, right? I've been in games before and, and it's normally, like, oh, that's cool. You're the voice actor. Not like... Oh my god, I love you. You're literally see <laughs> marry me. And I'm like huh? Okay. Um let me think about that. <laughs> I was gonna say I believe, you know, I, I can personally say when it comes to like Roxy or whatnot, you definitely did a really good performance and I see why people are instantly sipping I mean clinging on to that performance. Um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you said the right word. Yeah, it's the and, and like you know, it's it's it was just this wave of like amazingness. Like I I'm, I cannot stress how grateful I am for for that outpouring of of love from people. Like you know, and people express it in different ways. But I know everything comes from a good place, and and I really really appreciate it. I love seeing the fan art and things like that. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a bit intense, but just like an amazing experience even now like yeah i i love being part of the community as well you know i i i, I do actively look through stuff i've i've um a couple of other interviews as well and uh yeah just like engaging with people i just i can't answer any questions around whether you know various animatronics are in relationships and things like that you know that's not up to me to answer that's these are these characters are for you guys. You know what I mean. If you want to make that part of the story, make it part of the story. I, do I know, it. I know you can't comment on certain relationship stuff, but I do at least want to know, at least in your opinion, or maybe I'll ask for Roxanne for this one. What? How would she take kind of the reception that she's been getting from these games or whatnot? <laughs> She'd love it. She'd be right up front and center. That that like. The whole crying thing. Nah, no, she'd be too busy. Oh, being, like, no. literally, she'd be planting pictures of herself everywhere. She'd be putting her own posters up. Just, <laughs> Do you know who I am? <laughs> Do you know who I am? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> uh, she would have to say, I bet I'm your favorite. It'd be, I'm your favorite. I am your favorite. <laughs> Like, period. Right, I better be your favorite. <laughs> it's like, I know, no more words, but you can keep saying. But yeah, no more words. Yeah. <laughs> you can keep talking. No, no, she'd me. be like, no, keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> I so you, want, you want to be in my presence? You, kept, you keep talking. Come on. <laughs> I'm waiting. I just want to say, like, it was so interesting when I saw, like, uh, because I saw, like, a frame of, like, Roxanne in, like, Vanessa's office. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> what? <laughs> was that, like, some sort of special birthday gift or Christmas? Yeah, no, I love that somebody had a, um, I don't know if it was Daco or, or, or somebody else, one of the streamers, 
who just said, keep finding like pictures of Roxy on people's desks. Do you think that she just goes around at night, like planting photos of herself? Like, <laughs> like people know that she's the best. <laughs> she's the most popular one. I can only imagine. Um, it's pretty great. I also want to ask about a different character because again, I know you can't comment. I, well, I, I want to at least your opinion on one particular theory around Gregory in particular. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've heard a rumor here and there that the main reason why he's been able to navigate some of this stuff is because he himself is also an animatronic. Do you believe in that theory or is that an interesting one? Or I think it's a fascinating theory. And let me, let me just tell you, I took the Tom Holland approach to a lot of this stuff. Whereas like, I do not want to even like bear the burden of knowing mm -hmm. some of this stuff because I don't want to be, you know, talking like saying a podcast and letting something slip. I genuinely yeah. do not know what the right one, but I think it is absolutely a really, really fascinating theory. And, and, you know, like as a fan, it's, it's there's like there's a lot of like stuff around it that makes sense, but then it doesn't entirely like you can't just say yeah that's definitely it like so I think it's just a a perspective that is so interesting on the character, but you know for me like recording it it was it's a it's a like nine ten year old boy you know just that's what it is so if it is freaking cool if it's not i have no idea <laughs> um i'm definitely not one of those people that, that went out like for matt pat and was like oh no this is stupid uh. i'm like it's a theory a game <laughs> and theory. It's a damn theory a game theory and it's a damn good one yeah, there you go <laughs> yeah you can quote me on that there you go there you go <laughs> I have to love my pet. Amen to that. Um, I have to know just in general when it comes to just entire this entire reception and everything with that kind of stuff, especially just how far you've come. The fact that you started from a point to where like it'd be impossible to think of yourself playing some of these games like the Unreal or like the Battlefields. To think that you're in this position now mm -hmm. to where you're involved with some of the biggest video games and you're getting a lot of love for your performance in some of these video games. Does it ever like surprise you? Like just take a step back and just being like. How in the world did I get here? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. That's been the last few months when <laughs> these two games came out. I've got another another couple coming out in, in the next couple of months as well. And I'm just like, is this real life? Like, I'm still, you know, the part, like, again, like when we're loading into Battlefield, I'm like, it's me. Like I'm just I'm just some rando here, like loading into a video game I'm going to play and and it's just bizarre. And at the same time, I haven't been doing this for that long. You know, I'm not a classically trained actor. I'm uh like I only really got into like training for video games, let's say beginning of twenty seventeen. Really. That that's kind of when it all began. And and you know, it, I've been extremely fortunate that I had I have had the opportunity to work on these on these games. Like that's my first feeling when it comes to it. It's like I'm so like there's so so much gratitude for for being chosen to be part of something this this epic. Um, 
But it, it is bizarre that now all of a sudden, you know, I'm in a position where people are asking me for autographs or asking me for selfies or shout outs and things like that. I'm, I'm not I'm like I'm I'm just me. Like, I don't have this kind of like <laughs> this, I don't I don't think I'm 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 almost worthy of that. You know, like that kind of attention. It's it's been very strange. It's been lovely. It's been, um, you know, I, and I, I try to give as much of myself as I as I can and, and sort of as as a thank you for people even wanting to pay attention to me and my work um so yeah it's I have very it feels very surreal I haven't quite uh reconciled sort of the shift in terms of I guess perception at the moment because it's also a few people in the voiceover community now that have sort of now approached me with a with a different kind of approach of something. Oh, so oh, she's she's in five minutes. Freddy's out. Oh, she's she's in battlefield. <laughs> and, and I'm like, I am literally the. It's it's, it's like at the end of the day, I'm, I'm, I'm still not, Martha. I'm the same person. <laughs> yeah, I, but now I'm gonna walk around with like my like nose in the air, go like, yes. Uh, uh, do you know who I am? <laughs> I'm Gregory in Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Where's my red carpet? There you go. <laughs> uh, it's not. No, it's not that. You know, it 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 it's wonderful. It's bizarre. I, you know, and really, my my goal in in terms of that is just to meet as many people as possible. You know, like hopefully I'll get out for in um, the convention circuit and start meeting people in person because that's what I really enjoy. Um, in in that respect it hopefully also in the states because the states are a bit trickier when it comes to you know work visas and things like that i don't know what kind of paperwork yet i would need to get to american conventions but you know i'll figure it out <laughs> if you ever do i am definitely on board of seeing you oh well, there we go do it yep I'll I will travel wherever I need to just to give a hi. You remember me? <laughs> yeah. uh, and I'll remember. <laughs> I hope so. Um, <laughs> Screenshot this right now. <laughs> I was gonna say it's probably gonna be. No, I'm joking. This is gonna be the teaser clip. Um, I was gonna say, uh, <laughs> Tipsy, do you got any other questions before I start going to the home stretch of questions? Oh, um, God. Uh, do I have a question? Uh, yes, I do. I have. Um about two Go for if it. you if you had any control over the endings for uh for five nights at freddy's which ending would you prefer or which ending would you have wanted to be spoiler I think warning it's the for one... i haven't played <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert <laughs> uh i think it's i think it's the one that um where they say Vanessa, or like whatever, yeah, it's Vanessa that comes with them, doesn't? Isn't it? I should know this. I don't, because <laughs> because they're not voiced. You know what I mean? The endings aren't voiced, so I didn't even know. Um, so yeah, it's it's the one where is, I don't. Is it Vanny or Vanessa that goes out and they're all sitting on that hill with it's a Freddy head. It's Vanessa, isn't it? Like, Vanny mm -hmm. disappears, and then Vanessa... Yeah, it's Vanessa. <clears throat> so that's the one where they... They're all on the... On the that hill, eating ice cream. 
That's my favorite. I like nice, nice endings, you know? I like nice things. <laughs> and what's your second question now? My second question, I guess, um, if you were to, um, I had to take off my glasses for this because I actually have to think of how to approach this. <laughs> um, I guess, like, if you yourself were to be in that particular game, what position would you want to be? Would you want to be the security guard? Would you want to be the technician or even the manager? In what, what do you mean? In if I in, was in the in the uh, Five Nights at Freddy's game, uh, so in, in security breach specifically, or mm -hmm. okay, hmm, hmm, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. It's genuine that this is not something I've ever thought about. So if whether in security breach, if I would be in it, if I was a security guard, the manager or the technician, as in like people sending the notes. Yeah. Uh, like what what position would you want to be in the pizza plex? <laughs> You want to be in the pizza place? No, 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 no. I don't know what, what position. Like, I, I'm, I'm not sure entirely. I'm sorry. I'm not sure I entirely understand the question. So, as characters in the game, yeah, there's, so, like, there's in security breach. You, you have the security guard Vanessa, but you don't really have. Like they send notes, but they're not really characters. Like the manager and the management and the technician. Yeah, yeah. I was just like thinking, like if, if there was those any. Oh, if there, they, was, if there were, okay. Yeah. Right. I'd want to, but hmm, probably between the technician and the manager, because probably the technician. The technician probably sees some interesting things. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like you get to see, you get to see the guts, the robots, and tweak things and fix things I, I like that I was gonna say, I think there's and a hopefully VR, not die there is a, there is a vr game out there to where you are technically one of the technicians for like these mm. robots and stuff so they, there if you want to yeah. up, there you go <laughs> there you go live it live dangerously yep there you go. see how the sausage is made exactly um well, in that case you know if I was in the situation, I would want to be as far away from there as possible. Uh, so probably the manager. <laughs> I must like to live dangerously. There you okay. Go. <laughs> you know, fair enough. All about the edge map. There you go. There you go. But nevertheless, right. we've been talking a good bit about like where you've come from, all these different games you've been involved with, and I'd love to talk about some of the games that are coming out. But I imagine if you even breathe an ounce of some of that stuff, NDA will destroy each and every single one of us. So it's, it's probably just a drone waiting outside. <laughs> Oh, look, there's... <laughs> no. uh, so how about instead I'd like to go instead with giving you if I may say the dream scenario let's say I am big shot Mr. Moneybags I come up to you and I'm like look Marta just about everything you've had a hand in since you've gone full full on into this world it has been absolutely outstanding we love your enthusiasm we love the effort that you put into each and every little uh, performance that you give and we know you can give some absolutely incredible ones we have connections to anyone and everyone, and we have more money than there should be possible. We should probably be developing so many cures for so many diseases. We'll focus on that later. But right now, the money is all yours. If given this opportunity, what would be the Dream Marta project? Uh, as a game? 
or what, whatever. The money is yours. You could do whatever you want with it. Or the, and then, like I said, you have connections to anyone and everyone. I mean, it's already kind of currently in production, not <laughs> not involving me. But the the Silmarillion, the Lord of the Rings, nah. like the Silmarillion side, that that is that is like the top, you know, because it's it's like a massive, massive Tolkien nerd. I I would want to be able to tell the story from the very creation through the first age, second age, uh, obviously third ages is uh, Lord of the, the happenings of the Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. But you just I want to be able to bring that to life, but with the aesthetic that was set by what a workshop and Peter Jackson and, and uh, you know, using that aesthetic, that spirit of it and just going through the ages. Uh, I would love to bring that to life. That sounds amazing. That is just just imagine like how lived in that environment <clears throat> can be for those different ages or whatnot, especially with that aesthetic that Peter Jackson had set. Like, goodness. Exactly. And there's so much there's interesting storytelling. Like, you know, you have Gondolin in the first age, which in itself is just this like, you know, hidden elven kingdom that, you know, nobody except people in the know can find. And, and you know, like this... The, the whole thing with the Valar and everything. I, I'm I'm gonna try not to ramble on too much about this because I can talk about this for another hour. I can imagine. <laughs> but at least. But yeah. It's that. Okay. You know what? That's fair enough. And Ooh. honestly, like even just you describing it, I, I'm instantly sold and I would love to delve headfirst into that kind of environment because good lord. But sadly we have to come down from the dream scenario. We gotta get back to reality. Ooh. I know. And <laughs> and I'll ask the ever so generic question. Where do you hope to see yourself five to ten years from now? Oh my god, I have no idea. I <laughs> hope I'm still working as an actor. Yeah. Uh I hope I'm still working on projects projects that I love um you know I that that's as much as I can hope for because of so much of this stuff you can't plan five ten years in advance all you do is see what's going on in the next sort of year or so at most or rather say I'd like a serious shot at the at these kinds of projects mm-hmm. like I'd like to do more on-screen work so that's my next thing right now is I feel that I've got some good momentum with games and I feel quite comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're feeling comfortable, you want more, right? Uh, so you starting to try to break through more into on-screen work um, and more, you know, featured roles uh, in, in film and, and TV. I would love to start working with Netflix um, and Amazon Prime at those. Um, but again, you know, it, it, I can't really say, oh, it's a plan. It'll happen. It'll happen. All I have to do is like train up, have my you know reels and everything. Be ready that that when I put myself in the way of that opportunity, and if if it comes, that I'm ready for it. That I'm ready to, you know, get it over the line. That's that's all I can hope for, really. <laughs> I mean, it's a good thing to aspire for. I mean, considering the fact that you've only yeah. been on this little acting, you know. You know aspect of it for five years yeah, alone exactly. like what yeah. you've been able to do at this point is already a testament on its own so i mean if that's what you could do in your first five years who knows what could happen in the next five to ten right oh, i've been very fortunate i do have a tiny role in the i don't know if it's out yet even i should know is it the three five five with this the three five five yeah i um 
I, I don't have a speaking role. It was a, a special action role. So it's kind of, you know, bolted onto the stunt team mm-hmm. where um, I'm basically one of the CIA agents running around looking very serious with a gun, <laughs> you know, doing a, a raid, doing a raid on a building and, you know, going I mean, around. That's a good step in the right direction or at least a good full yeah. on charge with a weapon. But nevertheless, um... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got some stories from that set too. That was oh. that was crazy. I wasn't there for very long, but that was pretty nutty. I say, do you got a quick one before I go to my last question? <laughs> um, nah, it's too long. Fair. It's too long. It's it's yeah. Fair enough. Um, well, if that's the case, obviously, as we're winding down the interview, I just have one last question that I want to ask. Obviously, you're deeply entrenched when it comes to art, acting, video games. You know, at just the world of performance more than anything else how important is art not just for you but for the world as a whole i mean it's art for me it just gives us something more than the daily grind you know it's it's something that's for everybody you know i think that people have lost that a little bit maybe in in defining art too narrow the term or terms or, you know, this and dismissing other things that, you know, still are art because it's subjective at the end of the day, but it's, it's so important because it keeps us connected to, to, well, I guess humanity in some way, like, isn't it the concept that of being able to create and do and experience and comprehend something more than what we are looking at or doing on the daily in like in the daily grind or to survive or like think of the eating the sleeping the going for me to be the basic things it you know it's it's our ability to co- to create and comprehend art is what separates us from you know the chimps <laughs> and like <laughs> other other animals it's something that's so uniquely human and and wonderful and personal to everybody that it is critical that we get to express that and experience that regardless of how hard times get that's the stuff that we're fighting for you know to be able to then focus on that not just surviving to be able to experience that and enjoy it and and have something more in our lives exactly that is beautifully worded if i do say so myself where's that oscar (laughs) um (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, thank you. I'd like to thank my parents Uh, (laughs) and this podcast. (laughs) Especially thank the podcast, Postmodern Art Podcast, for those who don't remember. No, I'm joking. Um, (laughs) um, (laughs) Anyways, but like I said, that's all the questions I have for you. Um, I've already showered you with a bunch of praise. I'm going to shower you with a little bit more. I'm sure Maria will as well, but it's it's our podcast. We do whatever we want. I'll go ahead and start off by saying that Obviously, like getting a chance to even talk to you was an honor for me. It's something that I've been hyped about ever since Maria here was the one that said, hey, I got in contact with her and she's interested. I was ecstatic to know that I got the chance to not only talk to someone that is a part of an industry that I love dearly, but as part of like some interesting roles and some significant parts. And I love that insight already. But, like, getting a chance to actually talk to you, hear your stories, hear kind of where you came from and how you got to this point and how this has all been taken in or whatnot, like, 
it's been outstanding and a rewarding experience to get to talk to you. And I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to do this. Um, genuinely, like, thank you so much for allowing us to be in your world for a quick hour or so. Oh, well, thank you for having me. Like I said, I just, I, I'm just me. And I, I just love the fact that people are interested in hearing about my work and, and, yeah, thank you for giving me a platform to, to talk about the stuff I love. Absolutely. Maria, do you have anything you want to add to that or your own praise? Uh, I just want to say, um, you know, when I first uh, saw you and stuff like that, I was just like, okay, she needs to be in our podcast because <laughs> she looks like a super cool person and she sounds super cool. And I would yeah. love to have a <laughs> conversation that uh, I can remember and cherish for always, and it's exactly what I, what what you have brought to us. To be honest, because uh, I really enjoyed every minute of like this entire conversation and just listening to your story and just everything. I'm. Uh, I just want to say a thousand thank yous for even uh, wanting to be a part of the podcast and. Uh, not thinking I'm a crazy person coming into your DMs. <laughs> Sliding under my DMs. <laughs> Sliding into your DMs being like, hey. <laughs> but, but really, in all seriousness, thank you so much. And thank you for uh, all your uh, amazing performance. It's uh, it's um, it's just uh, outstanding. A thousand out of a thousand. Love it. Thank you. Thank you so much. It really, it, it, it means it means so much more than like the empty words of like, oh, it means so much. It does really mean so much <laughs> that that, you know, you enjoy the performance and that, you know, it it made some something good, make people feel good. Yeah. Or or sad when when the melodramatic crying starts. <laughs> you know what? I said that to Ray only last week. I said that to him. I was like, I cannot believe how well that cry worked out. Like it genuinely pulls on people's heartstrings <laughs> when in the recording booth, I was busting out the most melodramatic cry I could muster to make that. I was like, fuck. <laughs> you know, like, like just, I was like, okay, this is, this is the tongue in cheek part. And then they, they put in it with the, you know, with the modulation and it's just like, huh? No, <laughs> yeah, don't cry. I, feel that. I, mean, I was like, oh no, I don't like this. <laughs> um, I, don't, I think whenever, if I ever do buy the game and I, that part plays, I'm just going to be like, you did this to me. You yeah. made me. <laughs> Like, no, no, murder robot. Don't feel bad. <laughs> so sad. So sad. For people who may not already know for one reason or another, go ahead and plug yourself for the people at home. Oh, um, <laughs> okay. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Marta Svetek. I'm a voice actor, and I like video games. And sometimes I voice act and mocap i guess in video games so if you feel like following me i also post a lot about uh like horses and things like that because i'm obsessed with them so just you're gonna have to deal with that you sound like the <laughs> um, bad thing. 
and photography and things like that. So if you are interested in any of those things, then follow me on literally anything ever. Uh, my username is at Mart Holio and you will get bonus points for knowing what that reference is. I certainly don't. So you guys have a leg up than me. So <laughs> Mart Holio? Uh, I can't now I can't tell it. I, can I suggest it? Should I say it? Should I say it? You can if you want. I'm not going to stop you. You want to. <laughs> It's a Beavis and Butthead reference. Okay, that's what I was thinking. The great okay. yes. I knew it. <laughs> that, that was what my first thought was going to, but I'm like, no, it can't be that. It must be like some other like super I niche can't thing. I want to say anything because I was just like, it can't be. <laughs> it's one of my most genius things because exactly that. Yes, you need, you need TP for your bunghole. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, it's one of my most genius things that I ever did because it's a gender neutral username. Mm -hmm. So if I use it in in video in gaming, you know, with the whole it's not as bad now, but you know, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, if you were online gaming, it's like girl, you're a girl. <laughs> You know, like a woman. <laughs> TeamSpeak was, yeah. TeamSpeak was only for when I was playing with people that I already knew. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it's gender neutral, and the people that get the reference will be like, nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, whereas the people that don't get the reference aren't offended. Yeah. You know, because they don't get it. So it's like. Well, now I yeah, think a lot more right. people are going to get, get the right. reference, and I'm glad that we got the reference. <laughs> God. You should know Beavis and Butthead. You should know the work of Mike Judge. Thank you my, very much. My my dad grew me like one of the things I would watch with my dad is like South Park and Beavis and Butthead. So I was raised warped. Okay. <laughs> Those are some great great animations, yeah, and I think that did the right thing. <laughs> Do you have any final words before we sign off? I think I've said it all. I, th I think we just finish on on that. <laughs> Doesn't get any better than this. It no, it does not. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, I, I I think it's a great way to end. So with that, all I have left to say is for the people at home, hasta the way, gummy amigas. See ya. Hi. Thanks for listening to the Apocalypse Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, go to ApocalypsePodcastNetwork.com. And remember, every time you support one of our sponsors, you're supporting the podcast you just heard. Thank you so, so much for sticking around to the end. If this is your first episode, I sincerely hope you enjoyed. Seriously, the the vibe that me and Maria had with Marta, I mean, it was it was the exact kind of interview I always kind of hoped for with each episode. 
Not that any episode has been really bad. I've enjoyed every single conversation, but this conversation, oh, it just it just hit just right. Uh, I know I know Maria certainly had a lot of fun with the episode, so I'm certainly glad that we got the opportunity to talk to Marta because seriously, like she's like one of the like coolest, most laid back guests I've had on this podcast. Like it was incredible. If you're coming back for another wonderful episode, hello. Pleasure to see you guys again. Hope you're doing well. Um, I've said this a million times before, and I want to make sure you guys fully understand. Make sure you thank Maria Tipsy for this week's episode. She was the one that first got in contact with Marta and made this a reality. I mean, I have said it a million times before, and I'll say it a million times again. This podcast would not be on the level that it is. It would not have the love and support that I got if it wasn't for Tipsy providing a good foundation for episodes past, present, and future. So, Maria, if you're listening to this, thank you so, 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 so much. I cannot thank you enough forever for this. Uh, But nevertheless, I sincerely hope you guys enjoyed. This was a fun episode. And I... I'm excited for the episodes to come after this because I sincerely hope you guys are going to enjoy it. Um, and I, I, more than anything else, I've said this a million different times, but I bring these guests on because I want you guys to make sure you support them. And Marta, like, sh- she's already gotten like a whole ton of support ever since the security breach came out. But by God, show her more love. Like, she is fucking cool. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, no, it's, it's incredible that I get an opportunity to talk to guests such as this, you know, I'm thinking back of, you know, whenever I was just starting out, even happened like a guest like super D on for the first episode, um, having the director of one of my most cherished childhood shows class 3000 on, uh, incredible creators that are creating the stuff that I consume on a daily basis, almost like, it's incredible the kind of people I get to talk to on this podcast, seriously. Um, and I have you guys to thank for that. Um, if you guys... Knowing that you guys love and support this as much as I do... Further drives me to keep going with this podcast. And whatever I may do to help make sure I provide you guys more. Because if you guys are enjoying it, I'm sure as hell more than enjoying it. Why not I make more, you know? Why not I make more? Alright. What inspirational thing shall I try to let you guys know today? I'll tell you what. Like I've established before, when it comes to something that you want to do dearly, something that you want to make happen, go out and do it. Like, you think I'd have an opportunity to talk to, you know, Marta or any guests I've had before if I didn't go out and ask them first and make sure I take the time to set up some quality questions for them? Nah. This this would not be possible if I just sat back and didn't do anything about it. So for everyone else out there, if there's something you want to do, if there's something that you absolutely love and you want to see be a reality, but no one else is going to make it, do it. Go out there and make it yourself. 
I, I mean, you heard March's story. I mean, it's one of those, like, when given the opportunity, like, she went out and made a name for herself. And look at her now. Being a part of incredible video games, some that, you know, are very popular, some that, you know, she loved when she was growing up. She was the one that made those opportunities a reality. Because that was something that she wanted to do, and she set out to do it. So if there's something you want to do, something you have been holding back on trying to make a reality in one aspect for another, don't hold back. Start whatever you can to make a reality. Make it real. Make it what you want. Because at the end of the day, nothing will fulfill you more than making sure what you have loved and desired is made a reality. I know you can do it. I believe in you. I think you can do a great job, superstar. Corny joke aside, seriously, like, go out there and do it. Like, I'll be there to support you. Absolutely. One million times percent. I promise.